0: Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mish Reya. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues.
1: This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Reya. It's business, but it's personal. Listening
0: colour. Welcome to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, bringing the shapers of the business world together with the musician shaping jazz, soul and blues. My guest today, I'm very pleased to say, is Thea Green, MBE, founder of Nails Inc., the British beauty brand. As a fashion editor at Tatler Magazine, Thea became inspired on work trips to New York by the hugely popular Express Nail Bars. As Thea says, fast, affordable and convenient. They were practically on every corner and used by women on a regular basis rather than just for special occasions. Thea saw a gap in the UK market for a brand combining fashionable polishes with similarly quick, affordable treatments. Having raised £200,000, Thea left her job at Tatler to launch her first nail bar in London in 1999. The demand was even greater than they expected, as people were soon queuing for two hours for a 15-minute manicure. Thea has since launched the sister brand to Nails Inc, Incredible Cosmetics, hope I said it properly, as well as My Mood, a youth lifestyle brand created with boots and holler and Glow a bathing and body brand focusing on vegan, cruelty-free, planet-kind products. It's great to have you here. I've actually, before we have met outside of this, I'd been tracking you because you were known to the family and wanted to talk to you for lots of reasons. The first one is this, that before it was hip or rather normal that a woman was running a business, you were running a business, you'd set up a business. And in 1999, going into 2000, 2001, that wasn't the norm. Of course, it now is much more... Yeah. Normal or much more obvious out there. What did it feel like back then when you did it? Was there anything to do with you and your gender and how that played, or was it just, I'm Thea Green and I've got an idea?
2: I think because I was young at the time, I was in my early 20s, it was very helpful not to have any of those sort of inhibitions. You know, I think you, I definitely, you know, was young, confident, which I think is a great time to start a business because you don't know all the pitfalls. It's actually more helpful. Now, when I, Add additional brands and we develop new businesses in our business, you know all the things that can go wrong. Actually, the benefit of that youth is quite helpful. Um, and I came from a very female background in the fact that I worked at magazines, which was, you know, definitely the magazine I was at was very dominated by females. So I was used to seeing women being very successful. So I think I felt quite relaxed about it. But I did then encounter a few odd moments that I, that I didn't expect in terms of you know, anyone that ever raised, we ever talked about raising money always brought a woman into the room as if like a woman needed to explain to them what manicures or products were. And I remember thinking that's so funny because if I was selling hammer and nails, they wouldn't have brought, you know, so so everyone always brought a a woman and usually a much more junior woman into just so that we could all talk nails together, which was funny because, you know, it was a business idea. We didn't, I didn't need that. And it's quite, it was quite self-explanatory. So yeah, it's funny things when you're, more when I was sort of raising money rather than, actually doing the day job because when I was going to buyers and selling my products in and setting up nail bars that was all quite straightforward.
0: And raising the money just for a moment on that obviously it's really hard to raise money it's hard now and it was hard then the problems that you encountered were to do with the fact that you had never made stuff before that you probably didn't have an amazing business plan what was it to do with?
2: Yeah it's so true and actually we got lucky along the way as well because because I don't have any knowledge you just do it based on you know, how you would research something. I guess that magazine background in terms of how you search something up. And it was 1999, so it's early days of the world of dot com. So, you know, it's kind of dial-up modem time and all that. So actually searching things up was a little bit more complicated. But, you know, we researched it. And I remember, you know, going and finding out, contacting people at Boots and asking people at Boots who manufactured nail polish in the UK. And weirdly, through a whole web of things, we found a contract manufacturer who was the biggest European manufacturer of nail polish at that time. And every element of the business was done like that. It was just asking. I, because of, I think, the magazine background, you always, you're always you very used to finding the end answer and starting off on a topic with very little knowledge. That's the kind of journalist side, which is you don't know until you keep asking. And we just sort of, you know, relentlessly asked until you end up finding that answer. So I, I didn't have any business experience, but actually I never thought that. I'm sure lots of people I met thought, oh, what nurse earth you doing? She's got no experience. But I didn't really think of it that way. I guess because I was young, how could I have had any business experience, you know? But I'm sure lots of people that I probably asked for money thought, no way, she knows nothing. I'm sure they did. <laughs> and
0: they probably regret it every day since they <laughs> thought you knew nothing. You're 20 years in or so now, and of course, yeah. you're still radiant and young, Fear. let's quickly <laughs> add that. But the, at the heart of what you talk about often at the business is innovation, is doing yes. new stuff. Um, 20 years later, would you say, if you were marking your school homework now, that yes, Thea, you are still as innovative as you were with a blank sheet of paper 20 years ago?
2: I would say more innovative because it's not just me anymore. I've got a ton of other people that are innovative around me as well. So it's more innovative... It's definitely what drives us. We still think of ourselves as quite a small business in lots of ways. So we're not a big corporate, you know, we're not a Lauder or a L'Oreal. So the only way that we can compete with the big corporates in the beauty industry is by having something better, more interesting and more innovative and going sooner and taking a risk. But yeah, I'd say I've got a ton of smarter people around me now that also have great innovative ideas. So I'd say it's more innovative.
0: And those ideas that you refer to, and I think I read when you were a kid, you know you were pulling scraps out of magazines my yeah. my young second youngest in fact my oldest daughter there you go it yeah. does exactly that and it's yeah. all over the wall and yeah. i and i've seen that firsthand those give you ideas where else do those ideas come from for the vegan stuff you do or for the color the pop of this or pop of that what do you everywhere
2: right. so i think every everywhere and every day it doesn't mean that everything gets launched but anything from a you know a color of something that you see to looking at a food menu and seeing ingredients you know we've got something called kale baseco, which we launched many years ago it's one of our best selling products that was when i was in the states and i you know people now walk around with green juice all the time but i'd never seen anyone with a green juice and there was literally like three girls walked out of an la cafe holding a green juice and i was like wow what's that and then whilst i was there i tried the green juice and everyone was talking about kale and superfoods and it hadn't really hit here yet so i think anything that can inspire you packaging i like getting things from other industries i find it more interesting than just looking at beauty because the beauty world's quite small and i don't really like copying beauty product but i like i don't feel like i'm copying if i get a great inspiration from a food menu an ingredient Mm. you know something that's trending in you know in another area of even beauty if it's skincare rather than color cosmetics i think that's more interesting
0: and being a bit of a magpie, which yes. sounds like that's what you do. You're yeah. in the convergence of that world yeah. and that world and that world. Do you ever look at it, and the green Kel thing's really interesting, because of course you're right, there wasn't, that wasn't happening no. until not that long ago. Do you ever doubt, do you ever kind of go, okay, that's a really cool idea and a really stupid and bad idea, and I'm now losing my own belief? Or do you still go, that might just work? Do you know I, what I mean? Does yeah. there, is there more doubt with more experience?
2: I think there's definitely more doubt with more experience, but not on product. I think you can spot a bestseller. I think how, you, how,
0: how do you spot a bestseller?
2: I just feel like you can, that initial excitement in the room when you have an idea for whatever it is, it's an ingredient, it's a colour, it's a packaging or it's a brand new, you know, something more innovative. You know, we've done nail polish in lots of different formats and played about with nail polish in those different ways over the years. I feel like you can spot the energy in the room and that initial excitement when you start talking about something and it will always be very at that point very crude very draft so it's not a finished product if you've got that level of energy early on it will always be a top seller and i would say that most of my team when we rank we do it all the time we rank you know new launches we rank what out of this is going to go top 10 because you have to work out where it's going to go on shelf or where it's going to live on the web or if one retailer is only buying four of those things you know which of the four that you're recommending so every day we're working out rankings. And I would say 90% of the time, certainly in a top 10, eight or nine will be the same from all of us. And then there'll be one that people go, oh, it could be that, or it could be that. But it's that feeling for knowing, knowing your end customer and knowing what excites them and knowing what else is going on in the environment that they'd be excited about. And if it's a potential bestseller, but other people have got it, it might not be a bestseller for us. You know, it's, it could be a good product, but if it's already out in the market, it wouldn't then be a bestseller for us necessarily.
0: Trust your gut, basically, and have really good people around and... Feel the energy. It feels like I've got some... Yeah, the excitement, the
2: excitement on a excitement. product. Yeah. yeah, product should always be exciting.
0: And I don't think that matters what industry you're in if you feel it in the room. then yeah. it's there's something in there. Stay with me for much more from my guest, Thea Green. She'll be coming back in a couple of minutes here on Dress Shapers. Right now, we're going to hear a taste of from the Michigan Innovation Series, a podcast that can be heard on all of the major podcast platforms. Natasha Knight invites business founders to share their industry insights and practical advice for those of you thinking about getting into an industry and starting your very own thing, just like Thea. In this clip, focused on retail and the world of manufacturing, we hear from Julie Dean, founder and CEO of the Cambridge Satchel Company.
3: The Mishcon Innovation Series. Insights from founders for your future business. In association with Jazz Shapers, with Mishcon Derea. A really, really good thing is to try Lots of different things and really throw yourself into it, knowing that this might not be what you end up doing for your entire life. But if you have a good attitude, you can really pick up a lot of insight and tips because, you know, I didn't know at 20 what I would end up doing. I didn't know that at all. But... I did waitressing in a Greek taverna. I did, I did loads of weird things, but from every single thing that I did, I look back now and I think, well, when we look at the shops and the customer journey and all this kind of thing, I think back to what I learned when I was doing my waitressing job, you know, and you do, you, you learn interesting and useful things from every single thing you do. So don't panic too much about having to know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life because I just don't think that that is reasonable but I think that if you can look at opportunities that that come your way and think I'm going to say yes to these and get something from them you know I I knew that I'm not really going to be a, a sort of a a lifetime career accountant But I do have an accountancy qualification, you know, and and I did work for some years with Deloitte and, and then with PwC. And from those years, I just learned so much. You know, I picked up so much. And I think that that put me in a very, very strong position when I did come around to the point of thinking, I'm going to start my own business now you know, because I had a very solid foundation. And so working for different places that can give you a good training in those early years is no bad thing at all. The Mishcon Innovation Series. In association with Jazz Shapers with Mishcon Dorea.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishcon Dorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: All our former business shapers await you personally on the Jazz Shapers podcast. And you can, of course, hear this very program again if you pop Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. My guest is Thea Green MBE. I hope you've heard because you've been listening. Founder of Nails Inc., the British beauty brand and indeed a portfolio of beauty brands, Incredible Cosmetics. Is that right? Yeah. Good. My Mood and Holler and Glow. I've listened to some of the interviews you've done before and often you say the best is yet to come and you exude a positiveness, right? Which I believe see you now and the eyes are saying, yes, I I am a positive person. Don't question it. Um, (laughs) When you had to shut 11 nail bars at the beginning of COVID, tell me there wasn't a little moment when you weren't feeling positive. Tell me that you actually, I mean, emotionally, what was that like?
2: I had loads of negative moments, though, during COVID. So definitely on the nail bars, but even before the nail bars closing... I remember literally when we were kind of closing our office and we were definitely, you know, some of the last man standing in the West End. We kind of kept going until you, until you couldn't couldn't be there anymore because a lot of people had just, you know, would already work from home. We were there for a bit. And I remember sitting just myself and the CFO in the office and seeing all of our order book cancelling. Because every single retailer that had an order with us cancelled because they all knew they were closing. And not just in the UK, US everywhere and literally doing the math to go, can we just survive on just our dot-com? We presume our dot-com will do well. Could we support this and do everything that we are currently doing? And the reality of COVID was we had that for a few weeks, but then actually people got bored very quickly at home. And people did end up not just wanting to only focus on, obviously, all the very sad things that were going on in the world, but they did want to pamper themselves and look after themselves. And so our business picked up quite quickly. But we you know, definitely had a scary, you know, certainly few weeks. And the nail bars, I think the nail bars was how we started. And we had a lot of people that had worked with us from the very beginning. So it wasn't the business for us going forward, probably regardless of COVID, because we were so focused as being a product business. And so much of our business was product only. Mm. I do feel like when you're running, it's like running nail bars is like running a restaurant, which is you need to live in it and be in it. And I was very aware of the fact that I had been someone that was in those nail bars every day, knowing everyone and fully involved in them in every which way. And, you know, certainly even before COVID, I wasn't because we were, like you say, we went from one brand to four brands. We had huge amounts of, you know, product, lots of different retailers' accounts, a much bigger office, much bigger team. I was consumed in the business in a different way. And so they were our legacy probably rather than our future. But yeah, I, I'm super fond of them. We've still got a nail bar in Selfridges. Mm. It's overrun with lots of Nails Inc. people that have worked with Nails Inc. for the years because, you know, we kept as many people as we could. And we ended up, um, the nail bars were mainly taken by other nail bar companies. So all of the staff, you know, were employed pretty much. But we, um, yeah, it was sad. It was sad to see it go, but it was good to give it to people that were going to have the energy for nail bars again.
0: Yeah. Because you I-
2: can't, it's like, being in, it's like being a chef in a restaurant yeah. and not turning up. You gotta,
0: you gotta You've got to be in it. You've got to
2: be in it all day, every day.
0: Was it that it sounds like, again, with your business, pure business hat on, that mm. strategically, that was where you wanted to take the business, that this was a different moment? Because, funnily enough, in the, the 1999 2000. Yeah. com moment, everyone's looking at digital businesses. You're saying, I've got yeah. a physical one. Yes. 2019-20, you've got physical assets, but you're actually saying, do you know what? I think yes. I need to be over here making more products.
2: Absolutely. So, it really,
0: it sounds like it precipitated the switch.
2: But, and also, I just remember, you know, people saying to me regularly, you're just one person. So you're one person and if you're spreading yourself thin across, you know, too many different areas, how, you know, how good a job can you do Mm. versus my business is now very, very focused. And, you know, it's age old, but the retail business is incredibly detailed and service in particular. It's just just a different environment. I don't think you can probably do both of those successfully. You need to focus on one or the other or certainly at our size, we need to focus on one or the other. And so focusing on the product business was definitely the future of the business going forward. And also, it's just, you can expand that business internationally.
0: I was going to say, then you've got the power of scale. Yeah. So letting go of something, which we just talked about, is a kind of, it's on the one level, it's totally rational. On the other level, yeah. it's, it's quite emotional. The focus that you know you need now with your wise 20 years in head on, you're a creative person. You like coming up with stuff. How do you kind of ensure that creativity is channeled and focused do you have to manage it or does it manage itself now because you've got systems and you've got people
2: no I I get I think you have to manage it and you have to make sure you've got time you know we're flat out back to back in meetings in presentations you have to find some space where you can come up with something creative you know you can do a brainstorm with people and come up with you know creative ideas as part of a group but your own personal ideas I feel like only ever come to me when I'm not in the office and I 'm doing something else, which is why traveling or you know doing other lifestyle things is is helpful just in terms of having switching off from work for a minute so that the creative ideas can come in mm. um, no, I think I have to pencil out time to find creativity
0: do you actually um, ever switch off though thea I mean you've got you know family you're busy, but you've got this business which is to me like another child or a young, maybe it's a young adult now <laughs> just about to go off and do whatever but do you, do you know what I mean is that I don't
2: d- think I switch off but I relax very quickly I don't know if that's the same answer but, uh, you yeah, know, how, in, and how
0: do you do that what does relaxing look like then for so someone I'm like
2: you? I'm relaxed you know but I'm just I mean I'm probably quite relaxed in a work environment too but I'm I relax very quickly you know like you know whether you're traveling or going on holiday I feel like I'm I'm in that zone from the moment I'm kind of in the taxi on the way to the airport I'm relaxed very quickly but I'm, I'm always on and I'm always looking for something new and ideas, but that's what drives me. So that switch is never turned off. But that doesn't mean that I'm not calm, relaxed and having a very nice time doing whatever I'm doing.
0: And is that what the team would say?
2: <laughs> my work team or my kids' team? My <laughs> well, team? You let's Either start with one. The okay, work, let's the work do. team.
0: Let's do the work team first. The work team, team would
2: definitely say I'm, I'm never switched off but I think they would bat me on the fact that I am I relax pretty quickly too.
0: And and do you think they still defer to your ideas rather than their own, or is there more no, democracy? No, I thing? think
2: it's, no, it's very democratic. No, they, you know, my team have brilliant ideas all the time. And not just the, you know, the product development team, yes, but not just the product development team. You know, our designer, someone that works in the sales team, all, all sorts of different people in the company, people that work in finance and marketing will have product ideas as well as ideas across the rest of the business. It's an environment where it's very easy to get your ideas heard. It's still quite small, so you can share your ideas. And if it's a good idea, I mean it's obviously only my opinion if it's a good idea or not. It could well have been a good idea and I've poo-pooed it. But in theory, you know, it's very easy to share your ideas. And if a number of us think it's good, you can also come back and challenge. Mm. And particularly with product, an idea that seems, you know, not a good idea now. Sometimes people are just early, you know, like a big error in Nelsink for a long time was we probably did things a bit too early, and you have to find that right moment. I think that's a thing that I've learned. And the team, because they're very innovative, might also come to me with an idea too early. And my old age will now say, that's fab, but we should go a bit later. You know, we should go when it's, when it's ready, when you're actually really going to maximise on that opportunity. Because going too early is also not so great.
0: Stay with me for a final chat with my wise guest, Thea Green. And we'll also have some Stevie Wonder. Don't go anywhere. That's all come up in just a moment here on Jazz FM.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea.
0: It's business. Thea Green is my busy shaper just for a few minutes. You received an MBE. Some people may know that. Some people won't. But back in, I think, 2011, so sort of 10 years in. When you things like that and obviously the, the business has won lots of awards and products yes. win awards and you get fated i'm assuming that's nice right but does it where does it go in your head of what means good things to theo versus oh yeah that's fine i mean you know how important is it does it affect you
2: um i think that as an entrepreneur i'm, I'm quite guilty of only focusing on the things that are going wrong rather than things that are going right so i think it's you know, celebrating those moments rather than focusing on the few things that are going wrong in your business is probably a lesson I'm, I've sort of tried to learn as I've gone on in my business.
0: hard though if you're built like you, right? I mean, that's you I, have to sort of trick yourself into believing that you're not going to focus on what's wrong.
2: Uh, yeah, and I think it's, it is, for me, the system of focusing on what's wrong works because yeah. the things that are going right don't need my attention. So, and you know, you've only got a certain amount of time. So I find focusing on the things that are going wrong as long as they are not small trivial stuff that goes wrong all the time, but if it's something that you actually, you know, want to put right, quite a helpful system. But I am aware of the fact that everybody needs to celebrate those successes. So it's not just about me. So, you know, getting an MBE is a nice celebration for the entire Nails Inc. team, not just me. So I think finding those moments and those windows to celebrate with other people. But my initial reaction to the MBE is because my husband is a complete prankster and he regularly pulls pranks on me. I actually thought, and he um, has a print business, I just thought he was just joking because he opened the letter and showed it to me and I for days
0: was like, like yeah yeah yeah
2: what? and I said to him it's actually awkward because you now keep saying it in front of people and I know it's <laughs> going to come out that it's not that it's you and I'd really rather you stopped embarrassing me because I'm almost at the point of believing it so, so, so really how, but when, d-
0: when did you realize no, it was he real he said though. to
2: me a few it, uh, he kept on saying to me I promise you I wouldn't go this long no, I can't remember if I received another letter from them or if, something. But there was a moment when I realized it wasn't red, my husband's joke anymore. The red
0: bill came and said, yeah. excuse me, look, we have offered you this thing. Are you actually going to turn up? Because it'd be exactly. quite, quite good to exactly. know. Exactly. But um, the other thing that strikes me about you is that you, on the one hand, you you don't overthink stuff, right? Because you're creative yeah. and you get to it. And, you, and, and I imagine with people, you're quite perceptive with how you need to manage them. And yet, on the other hand, you have got a significant business, and growing and there's structure in there so yes. how's that tension resolved for you where you you are able to be instinctive but you also know you you are a sort of strategic thinker I no
2: I like order I definitely like structure and order so I love being creative but I I feel chaotic when there isn't structure and order I, I don't like that feeling you know I like things to be done in a certain way I'm definitely um, quite pedantic in lots of ways so I, I do like structure and order and I do like things to be in systems over the years in nails inc there's obviously been a number of different people that have worked in the organization that have brought in all sorts of different systems including coming from you know all sorts of shiny corporates and some of those have been really great and some of them have you know taken longer to do something that was quite quite simple i think i no longer believe that everybody with a system idea just because we don't have one is a good idea like some things don't need it and tons of stuff does and you know, you don't want to lose that entrepreneurial spirit where we all get into a room together and create a product. So we don't need a system for that. We need to just have a meeting and have a chat. But there are systems that follow that from the process of something being agreed to then move forward. But no, I like structure. So, don't like chaos.
0: So the next five, 10 years, you know, do you you want within the structure that's not too much structure and structure where it's appropriate, but not where it's not appropriate? Thank you very much. Do you want to grow tenfold? Are you wanting to double? What for you would look like success? Is this a scale play now? A
2: hundred percent. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Want to grow like mad. Want to grow like mad. Want to create great products. Want everybody bought into that in terms of the end consumer and the, the existing team that everyone's on the same path. And that's what's great about my business at the moment is everybody is on the same path. It's quite clear in terms of where we're going and what we need to do. And there's one strategy and we're all going in that road together.
0: And that strategy is clear to everybody and it's clear yeah. how, just quickly before I lose you, yeah. how have you ensured that they get it and that they're all pushing in that direction?
2: I think I think also, back to COVID, communication became so good during that COVID time that communication in my business is just very strong right now. Everyone is on that same path path and knowing exactly what they need to do and they know where their part of the cog is and what they need to do to achieve it but they're also very entrepreneurial normally in entrepreneurial businesses you get lots of other entrepreneurs apart from the main entrepreneur so there's lots of other entrepreneurial people around me that are excited to be doing something bigger
0: good luck doing something bigger thank ha- you have fun it's been lovely having you here you too thank i've you. really enjoyed it just before i let you go what's your song choice and why have you chosen it
2: It's Moon River by Andy Williams and I've chosen it just because I absolutely love the song.
0: That was Andy Williams and Moon River, the song choice of my lovely business shaper today, Thea Green. She talked about the importance of focus and how she channels her creativity but also loves a focus structure around what she does and what the business is doing. She talked about the importance of looking at what's going wrong in the business rather than what's going right because that's a better use of her time. Why pay attention to things that are working rather than those that aren't? She talked about communication and how important it's been, even more important, and she's realized this over the last few years since COVID hit, in terms of making clear to the team what our strategy is and how getting everyone behind that strategy has really been underpinned by even greater communication. And really importantly in the world of developing products, she talked about timing. It's all down to when you can release that brand new, brilliant product that's going to make a difference in the market. You've got it, but you've got to make sure you launch it at the right time. And that in itself is a creative decision. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a lovely weekend.
1: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
0: We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. Or head over to mishkon.com forward slash Jazz Shapers.